Bears fans, it's time for another edition of the Chicago Bears podcast, Bears Banter, powered by Windy City Gridiron and SB Nation. Bill Zimmerman with you. Justin Fields is QB1. Justin Fields is QB1. Play it. Just listen to that bear down, Bears fans. Oh, Justin Fields is QB1. I am excited. This day is here. I am not excited Andy Dalton got hurt. I am never one to say, thank God Andy Dalton got hurt. Justin Fields is in. But NFL is what it is. There are injuries. Justin Fields is the starting quarterback. I'm going to talk to Danny Parkins from the score here in a little bit. I'm going to get to this sooner rather than later because I have a lot I want to get into with Danny. So I don't want to bore you too long with my thoughts, but I'm excited this had happened. I know there's been a lot of debate, and we'll debate it with Danny, about how Matt Nagy has handled this, how Justin Fields has looked, and what is the right move to play Justin Fields and when. I think a lot of Bears fans wanted Fields out there right away, and then when I started pushing for Fields to start, even after he had poor stats, which I think were completely misleading, but poor stats against Cincinnati, a lot of, oh, keep Fields on the bench. He needs to learn. I I can't deal with that. No, Justin Fields is NFL ready enough that he should be starting at the NFL level and learning from experience, not from the sidelines. And look, I get it. Justin Fields' passer rating was below 30. The numbers don't look very exciting. So if you want to just look at the stats. If you want to just look at the box score, you go, oh my God, Justin Fields stunk against Cincinnati. But that's not the case. And even, you know, I saw some people going, oh, Justin Fields, look at his rushing stats. They weren't even that strong. I mean, these are the kind of tweets I'm getting. Guys, Justin Fields kneeled down the last thing. You know, if you get rid of his kneel downs, he averaged five yards a carry. Let's not, let's not panic. A clutch run, too, for the first down, a key, key critical run. So let's not look at Justin Fields like he had a poor game running the football. That, that wasn't the case at all. And then if you look at the passing, yes, the passing numbers were not there. But that throw he made to Allen Robinson down the left sideline, that was a beautiful throw, a little low. And that's not because the throw was low. That was because the throw had to get there so Robinson could get under the defender to catch that ball. That ball was exactly where it needed to be. That's a ball that Allen Robinson is going to catch nine times out of ten, at least four times out of five, and he just simply did not come down with it. That was frustrating for, for all Bears fans. But like you said, and I know it's ifs and buts, candies and nuts. I, I get all that. But if he catches that ball, Fields' QB rating goes from 27 to 71. And I'm not saying 71 is some phenomenal number. I know a 71 is still a poor quarterback rating. But no one's going to sit there with a 71 QB rating in a debut in, in, in which he was thrown out in the middle of the game and say he's not NFL ready. So that's box score, people. You, you know, Mooney had, you know, there was a catchable ball for Mooney. There were throws. Like, did Fields make mistakes? Yes, he was late on a couple of timing throws. You know, he was leaning and causing false starts. So I'm not saying Justin Fields was perfect, but Justin Fields showed the ability. And, and look, 10 yards, his average depth of target was 10 plus. Andy Dalton's has been four. It's so much better. You need to push the ball down the field at the NFL level. You just have to do it. You cannot, cannot be dinking and dunking at all the time. There's plenty of dinking, dunking in in modern NFL offenses, plenty of it. But 
You do not do it nonstop. You do that to get the yards here or there, and then you push the ball down the field. You can't push the ball down the field every play, but you have to push down the, the ball down the field at some point. And Justin Fields wants to do that. And, and Matt Nagy's offenses haven't done that with Dalton, Foles, and, and Trubisky really at all. And I think that's something we're going to start seeing happen with Justin Fields. And that's critical for an NFL offense. You need explosive plays. If you don't have explosive plays, you're not going to be good. Plain and simple, period. Unless you have a defense like the Bears in 2018 that basically gets you 40 turnovers, you cannot win. Because at least then the Bears were getting short fields all the time. So the offense only needed to go 30, 40, 50 yards. And maybe sometimes even no yards to get three points and 30 yards to get seven. That you can do with a dink and dunk offense. But trying to go 75, 80 yards on 15 plays, 20 plays, not 20 plays, but 10, 12, 15 plays, that doesn't work, you know. The Bears never have those five-play, 75-yard drives unless David Montgomery breaks a 71-yard run. They don't have the 15-yard completion, 20-yard completion, 8-yard run, 25-yard completion, touchdown. Like, they don't have it where they just, just have the defense on its heels and just, just run them over. That doesn't happen with this, with this Matt Nagy offense, and I think a big part of it is quarterback play. So... I think we're going to start seeing a change. I think Justin Fields has this job for good. And I am excited about what Justin Fields is going to bring to this offense. I think even with the mistakes he's inevitably going to have, we are going to see elements in this offense that we have not seen because of Justin Fields' playmaking ability. I know Cleveland's going to be a tough debut on the road, good pass rush, really good team. You know, the Bears probably aren't winning this game. I have no expectations that they're going to win this game. All I want to see is some exciting plays from Justin Fields, some development, you know, make sure he's got a grasp of the offense, that he's playing intelligently. That's what I want to see in this game. I am excited for it. I am not concerned anymore about how Matt Nagy's handling this. Unless he throws Andy Dalton back out there in two weeks, then I'm okay. Let's develop Justin Fields. Let's get on with it. This is an exciting time to be a Bears fan. We haven't been able to say that very much in the last 50 years. But this is an exciting time to be a Bears fan. So let's see what Justin Fields brings to the table. We've got a lot to talk about with Danny Parkins. I want to get into all of that next. I didn't want to spend too much time here because I want to dive into it with Danny Parkins. This is Bears banter. Bill Zimmerman will be back with Danny right after this. All right. Welcome back into the podcast. And here is our guest, as promised. He is at Danny Parkins on Twitter. You know him well. Host of The Score and uh, had plenty of interesting things about the Chicago Bears, Matt Nagy's handling of Justin Fields. So we'll get into that and uh, and get into the debut of Justin Fields as a starting quarterback, as QB1 of the Bears. He's Danny Parkins. Danny, Bill Zimmerman, how are you? Bill, good to be on with you, man. It's been too long. Thanks for the invite. How you doing? I'm doing very well. I think a lot of Bears fans are doing very well because Justin Fields is QB1. I know you were not pleased about the way Matt Nagy decided to do things. You were going to be cheering against the Bears to try and get Justin Fields out on the field as soon as possible. So now that Justin Fields is out there week three, and I know obviously Andy Dalton's injury has uh, accelerated that timeline, or do you still stand by those comments that you wanted the Bears to lose? Yeah, of course. I mean, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like 
how they forced my hand. But to me, I, I try to use logic and reason and take things to their, to, you know, their logical conclusion. Like if they would have given Justin Fields a real opportunity to win the job and he would have lost the job. I would not have said what I've said, but they did it. They didn't give him any reps with the ones uh, in practice. They didn't give him reps with the ones in preseason games. They anointed Andy Dalton, the starter because of some sort of predetermined plan citing Alex Smith and Pat Mahomes when Andy Dalton is not Alex Smith. He's not coming off three straight double-digit win seasons and a playoff appearance with the Bears. And Pat Mahomes was coming from an air raid offense in the Big 12 that at the time had produced exactly zero good NFL quarterbacks in the entire history of the conference. And Justin Fields is coming off of college football playoff games, six touchdowns against Clemson and the Big Ten. So to me, the situations were not analogous in any way, and he deserved an opportunity to compete with Andy Dalton. And I just believe that these teams, because it's the way it was done back in the day, uh, are thinking about this too archaically, and sometimes they have to be protected from themselves. The Texans started Tom Savage over Deshaun Watson. The Chargers started Tyrod Taylor over Justin Herbert. Tyrod won his first game. They collapsed his lung before the second game. Herbert came in, and all he did was set a rookie touchdown passing record with 31 touchdowns and one offensive rookie of the year. That was not the organization's plan. It was not the Cowboys' plan for Dak Prescott to play his rookie year. All he did was go 13-3 and three and do something that had never been done by any quarterback in terms of passing yards, passing touchdowns, and so few interceptions, except for a guy by the name of Tom Brady. Like, it, it's so frustrating to me that people pick and choose these narratives as if there are not plenty of examples on the other side of – guys playing right away and being successful. So when Ryan Pace came out for his one address of training camp and said, the goal and the plan is to win games with Andy Dalton while Justin Fields dominates the practice field, man, that's idiotic. Like the bears are not winning anything of substance this year with Justin Fields or with Andy Dalton. So if their plan was to win 10 games with Andy Dalton and not go into next year, really knowing what they had in Justin Fields, that's a wasted season. And so I took them at their word and said that then the best thing for the bears to do would be to lose with Dalton so that fields would play. And it ended up working out pretty well because they obviously, you know, beat the Bengals lost to the Rams. So they're right where they should be in the record books. And because of a non-serious injury to Andy Dalton, Justin Fields gets the opportunity to Wally Pippen here. Yeah. Now I, I want to get into that wasted season uh, concept of yours. Cause I, I, I agree with that. I've, I've, I've talked about that as well, but before I do, so the part of the issue with Justin Fields, cause I think a lot of people would come back at you and I'm just playing devil's advocate. I would have played Justin Fields week one. I'll just get that out there right now, but playing devil's advocate. So the fact that, you know, 
Justin Herbert didn't come in for a couple of weeks. And I know that was, you know, collapsed lung, you know, induced, but, you know, Baker Mayfield didn't play the first couple of games. Lamar Jackson didn't come in until like the middle of the season. So the fact that there are success stories of quarterbacks that played in rookie quarterbacks that started playing in week two, three, five, seven, whatever it might be, that doesn't matter to you. You're saying that's an archaic thought. If you are investing in a quarterback, in round one, who looks mostly, and again, no one is ever NFL ready. You know, you don't expect, you know, quarterbacks. I mean, they, they are, but you don't expect a quarterback to come in and throw for 300 yards in, in their first game. It's more about the archaic thinking of developing on the bench rather than getting them out there and getting reps. Correct. And if someone would have told me, you know, had a crystal ball and said, they are going to make the switch to Justin Fields in week four or week six or whatever. Well, then it's a different conversation. You know, then it's like, all right, they are, they want him to ease into it with these prepackaged plays and learn from Andy Dalton's mistakes and see the rhythm of a game week and film review and, and all that stuff. Fine. But I, I couldn't be guaranteed that that was possible because Matt Nagy kept citing Kansas city, Alex Smith, Pat Mahomes and Pat Mahomes didn't start until week 17. Now Pat Mahomes also didn't have a package of plays like Justin Fields did. So that was a, a compliment and a, and a thing of progress to me and recognizing some subtle differences in the two situations. But if they would, if, if you would have been able to tell me, Bill, that they are going to, play Justin Fields from week six through week 17, fine. But I thought that there was enough between Pace's comments, Nagy's comments, Nagy's history with Andy Reid, Andy Reid's history of sitting guys, that I thought there was enough legitimate reason to be concerned that they were really going to tie when Justin Fields played to the results of the game's quarterback by Andy Dalton and not when Justin Fields himself was ready, that I didn't feel like I could take that chance that what if Dalton would have started four and oh, five and one, and then they just don't, and then they don't play Justin Fields until the end of the year. And you and I both know this team isn't winning anything of substance this year with either quarterback, but certainly not with Andy Dalton's limitations. So I just wanted to remove as much doubt as possible and make it clean. And I know it upset some Bears fans, but thankfully, you know, like I said, we'll get to see what happens here uh, for Justin Fields on Sunday against Cleveland. Yeah, my I, week four to me was the obvious spot. You get to start them at home. You know, a couple, you know, I, the Raiders certainly look better than I expected them to after two weeks, but that's still not exactly a stalwart defense. You know, the Lions and Raiders back-to-back seemed like a, a good landing spot for, for Justin Fields to kind of ease in after getting a few weeks, whatever it might be, to, to learn what a, a week, a regular season, NFL regular season is like prepping for the prepping for the game and mastering a few more, you know, blocking schemes and and coverages and mastering the offense. If it was a few weeks, I was fine with it. And that was the one thing why I wasn't panicking was because, you know, sadly, I guess this, this bears team, especially the Ryan pace, Matt Nagy variety, but this, this dates even before Matt Nagy was here 
is so secretive and honestly lies so blatantly. And I know a lot of NFL teams believe in misdirection when they talk to the media and the fans, but this Bears team takes it to another level, starting all the way back with Mike Glennon as our quarterback when he knew Mike Glennon wasn't going to be the quarterback and, and all the Mr. You know, Mitch Trubisky's our quarterback. We're, we're sticking with Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles is on the team two months later. And you knew they wanted to have Foles be the, the QB one, if at all possible. So there's never been a lot of truth to that position. So I never believe the Patrick Mahomes thing, but I agree with you. If you take the Patrick Mahomes thing at the surface that yes, they want to sit him. I, it, it never made any, any sense to me, but then Bill, why didn't they play him with ones in practice? That And to me, that is the most egregious thing that happened here, because when Justin Fields was thrust into the game against the Bengals, one of the things you could say that was the biggest detriment to his poor statistics, because I think he played better than his statistics, was that he really didn't have any chemistry with the ones because he had barely taken any snaps with them. Right. Well, so and so that was my point, man. Like, I didn't I didn't say I was rooting against the Bears at the start of training camp. You know, it was. I, I remember coming on the air the Monday after the first preseason game. The game was on a Saturday. They had Sunday off. They were practicing in the afternoon. And I came on the air and I said, if the reports today are not that Justin Fields is getting significant snaps with the ones, then we have a huge problem in how Matt Nagy is doing this because he is not giving Justin Fields a legitimate shot to win this job. And then he didn't. And that's when I started to turn up the heat and talking about it every damn day, because it, again, it it wasn't just taking them at their word. I think football people lie all the time. Like I'm, I'm with you on that. Like not believing the Alex Smith, Pat Mahomes comparison, just because he says it is totally valid. But when he didn't let him get reps in the one with the ones, either in the games that all the fans could see or in the training camp practices that all of the Bears beat reporters could see, you know, they don't go down into lockdown mode until after the third preseason game. So Brad Biggs and Mark Grody and Dan Weederer and everybody out there is able to track like in seven on seven and 11 on 11. Is he taking snaps from Mustafa? Is he throwing deep to Darnell Mooney? And he wasn't. He wasn't. So that told me that they weren't giving Fields a legitimate shot and they really were soft peddling this thing. And that, to me, that was indefensible. It's the single biggest disagreement I've had with Matt Nagy since he's been the head coach of the Bears. And so I felt like it was absolutely possible, not just by words, but by actions, that they were really, truly prepared to sit Justin Fields for the majority or the entirety of the season as a starter. Remember, this is before he took the five snaps in the game against the Rams, that at that point, it felt logical to say the most surefire way to get Justin Fields on the field as soon as possible was for them to lose games. And I want to talk about this wasted season because, because I agree with you and it's on a multiple level thing. And, and I think this dates all the way back to the George McCaskey, you know, basically in January, basically telling Pace and Nagy, if you read between the lines and everything, the way I interpreted everything, you've got a season to figure this out and to figure out the quarterback position or you're out of here. So he, he put them in an awkward position of needing to get a quarterback and needing to win games to save their jobs. I know there's been rumblings that maybe they were secretly extended or told their jobs were okay. 
Other people have said that's not true. So no one really knows what the future is, but it certainly seems that that's what the situation that they were placed in. And to do that, so all right, they they get Justin Fields, which fantastic, everything worked out. They were able to get Fields in the draft. At that point, to me, the biggest asset an NFL team can have is a quality quarterback on a rookie contract. And what the Bears have... And what the Bears have done here is trying to squeeze out uh, to be a nine and eight team at best case scenario. I think they're probably more closer to like a seven win team. Try and squeeze into the playoffs to keep their jobs and, and whatever it might be. And what that's doing is it's basically just eliminating one of Fields' rookie years. What they should be doing this year is building for 2022 and 2023 when hopefully Fields is stepping into his own as an elite NFL quarterback, and you can build the roster around him because he's so cheap. But now you're pushing Jimmy Graham money into the future and Danny Trevathan money into the future. And these older players who aren't going to be part of this team in a couple of years to try and squeeze out a couple extra wins is just a waste of an asset of Justin Fields' contract. I agree completely. Uh, I keep using the Chargers. I think, I think it's a great comp. Justin Herbert won six games last year. The Chargers won seven. Tyrod Taylor won the first game, like we talked about, the collapse belong. But Justin Herbert not only balled out and solidified to the Chargers, they have their quarterback of the future, right? The Chargers right now know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that they will be offering Justin Herbert a second contract. So they get to plan – for this season and three more on how they are going to build their team around that. And now really it's this season and two more where he's cheap because the fifth year of that rookie contract is actually, you know, fairly expensive when you pick up that fifth year. Um, so like you said, this year and two more, what did they do this off season? Well, they signed Corey Lindsley in free agency, the number one center on the market. And what did they use their first round pick on? Rashawn Slater, arguably the top tackle in the draft. I know Panay Sewell went ahead of him, but there was at least a discussion, and Rashawn Slater looks to be unbelievable so far. So they solidified the center and the left tackle for the duration of Justin Herbert's rookie contract in one offseason because they knew what they had. The charge, and, and they hired a new head coach, and offensive coordinator. So they all get to grow together. So the cap stuff and the Jimmy Graham and the Trevathan money, I think it's, they are all totally valid criticisms of Ryan Pace. And it's very frustrating that they will not have maximum cap flexibility. But now the other thing, the other part of figuring out what you have with Justin Fields is what you have with Justin Fields and Matt Nagy. Like, I covered Alex Smith in Kansas City. I respect the hell out of Alex Smith. Alex Smith said um, the other day that coming out early and playing so early definitely, you know, rocked him a little bit and was maybe was not the best thing for him at the time. But you know what he also has been very critical of? Called it a terrible organization, unstable. He had three head coaches and Seven offensive coordinators in his time in San Francisco. That's unbelievable. Think about, think about that. He was never able. This is a guy who aced the Wonderlick, 
one of the smartest quarterback prospects that's come out in the last quarter century that was the number one pick in the draft. And he went to a situation. He was never able to master a single playbook. He had seven different people in his headset calling plays. And even if, even if they promoted from within and the entire system didn't change, it was still different communication. And the majority of the time, by the way, it was new system, new terminology, but that is what can stunt a guy. So it's not just sitting or firing a coach or, you know, like what happened with Sam Bradford and the Rams, like they drafted him and then they never gave him a single wide receiver. You know what I mean? Like, so you, you can mess up a quarterback in a lot of different ways, but now the key for the bears is in my opinion, does Matt Nagy get Justin Fields' rookie contract or does someone else? And if it's someone else, that decision has to be made this year. Like Absolutely. you have to come out, you have to come out of this year knowing we are changing it. Cause you can't say, well, they won six games. There were some bumps. There were some bruises, but we want to see him develop. Then Nagy comes back Then next year. You know, the team gets unlucky with some sort of injury. They win five games. They have a top 10 pick and you fire Nagy. And now you're two fifths of the way through the rookie contract and you're changing coaches and systems on him. Like you need to give him some stability. And it's fine if you're firing Nagy. Like at this point, I wouldn't. I would not have coming into this year because I want to see him with a real quarterback. And I think the offense has actually been a little bit better than people have given it credit for in the first two games. But, but, but now you need the rest of this season. One A is Justin Fields legit. One B is Matt Nagy, the best coach to maximize Justin Fields. And if the answer to one B is no, you have to fire Matt Nagy with games left in the season to put you at the front of the line for head coaching candidates in the off season. And that becomes job because you don't have a first round pick. You're not going to have a ton of cap space. So then it's, you need to find the best head coach to develop Justin Fields for the next four years. And so that's another reason why it would have been completely criminal to start Andy Dalton the entire season. We would have never known if Matt Nagy could coach Justin Fields. It would have been insane. Yeah. And, and, and that's the one thing, look, there are plenty of criticisms. Some are over the top, but there are plenty of criticisms of Matt Nagy that are fair. And I still do believe in Matt Nagy, in essence, the CEO, I do think he has a good grasp there, but there's enough warts with Matt Nagy's offense to sit there and you can't separate the two. You know, you, Matt Nagy was brought in here to bring the Bears offense into the 21st century and certainly hasn't felt that way, you know, through through three years. But the one thing, and this is the one that I bring this up to people because I think I support Matt Nagy more than most, but, you know, completely willing to say, I don't know if he's the best play caller because he never seems to get into a rhythm. I question some of the calls he makes on in, in red zone situations, clock management. There's there's plenty of things that have happened where I sit there and go, ah, man, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure I would have gone that way. But I ask people all the time, find me a coach not named Joe Gibbs that found in any era. I mean, you go back to the, the Bears in the 40s, they still had Sid Luckman in any era. Find me an offense that had sustained success, not a fluke season, not Vinny Testaverde with the Ravens in 95. Find me a, an offense that worked for three, four, five years with quarterback play that's not, in essence, in the top 25 in the league. Find me one coach. 
because Joe Gibbs did it with Doug Williams and, you know, Theismann and Rippon and Schrader and whoever, whoever he was throwing out there. But other than Gibbs, you can't find a coach that has an offense that's top 10, top 12 in the league without quarterback play. Of course, 100 percent. It's it's why the argument that I hear from a ton of people that we have on the station who know a ton about football. And I like them very much, but they're ingrained in Chicago football history and Chicago football culture. And they talk to me about bare weather and running the football and defense wins championships. And it's total nonsense. Like (laughs) in the 21st century, based on how the rules have been changed and based how talented quarterback play is across the league and how much young quarterbacks are dominating, it is complete and total nonsense. You can win one Super Bowl by being a great defensive team. It's true. And I know your point was about sustained success on offense. What about sustained success on defense? Can you give me a modern dynasty that was just an incredible defense year in and year out? You can snipe up and win Seattle. Maybe Denver. That's about it. And those aren't dynasties. Yeah, but, 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 those, but those aren't dynasties. Right. And, and, and Russell Wilson's going to the Hall of Fame, and so is Peyton Manning. You know, so, <laughs> you know, and, and, I, and I know that Peyton Manning was not Hall of Fame version of Peyton Manning for, for the second one in Denver. I understand that. But my point is, it's not like they had incompetent brain-dead quarterback play. You know? So, yeah, you can win one, but all of a sudden in Seattle, it's let Russ cook. It's Tyler Lockett is the number one receiver uh, to start this season. It's DK Metcalf is a superstar. So you building out a great defense is great, but the league is catered to offense. So spending the percentage of their salary cap money on the defensive side of the ball, when you have the second overall pick at quarterback and an offensive minded head coach is asking a gourmet chef to cook you a gourmet meal and shopping only at Costco. Like it's, it was, it's crazy that this organization still, and it's, it's changing now. Like, you know what I mean? Like it, I, I really do believe that Matt Nagy uh, with the selection of fields um, somewhat with, you know, the selection of Cole Komet, um, you know, they've used, people say they don't invest in the offensive line. James Daniels, second round pick. Cody Whitehair, second round pick. Those are significant assets to put in there. Uh, you know, they franchise tag Allen Robinson. Like they, they're not, they're starting to spend some real assets on the offensive side of the ball, hopefully inching towards modern era football. But man, I want what Arizona has what the Chargers have, what the Chiefs have, what the Ravens have, what the Bengals have. You know what I mean? Like I want what, what the Packers, the Seahawks, like I want what the Cowboys have. I want to watch that brand of football on the lakefront in Chicago for the next decade. Because the only way, the only way in the NFL to be a contender for double digit wins every single year is to have a superstar quarterback. It's the Absolutely. only way. Absolutely. And it's nothing, it has nothing to do with defense. And we've seen at least recently with Belichick and we'll see what happens this year. And we'll see, but as soon as Bill Belichick went through one year without Tom Brady, what did he do? Draft a quarterback in the first round. Like 
you need, if you want to win consistently, you need great quarterback play, period. And so that's what the Bears have to figure out if they have in Justin Fields. And if they don't, by the way, if Fields isn't the dude, they need to move on from him sooner than anybody would expect and find the next guy and take the next swing because that's just how it works. Yeah, and I, I agree with you. Quarterback play cannot be understated in this league. And, and it almost sounds obvious, but I actually went back and looked at a bunch of numbers. I basically tiered the quarterbacks, you know, tier, tier one with the Russell Wilsons and the Bradys and the Rodgers, tier two, kind of the Derek Carrs, uh, you know, Matt Stafford's of the world I had in, in tier two, you know, and, and, and down, like, down like that until you get to like a tier four, which are just franchises that haven't figured out the quarterback or have had horrendous quarterback play for for four or five years. And there's, there may be an anomaly for a season, but when you look at it over like a five-year stretch, it was, it was just, it almost just fit into a, like a, a jigsaw puzzle with every piece fitting perfectly. The elite teams, aver- the elite quarterback play averaged 11 wins a season. The good quarterback play averaged nine wins a season. The average quarterback play was seven wins a season. And the teams that have a quarterback mess five wins a season. It, it's, it's really that straightforward that if you haven't figured out quarterback play, you can have a bump. You can have a Jimmy Garoppolo takes you to the Super Bowl. You can have a win, win even with Peyton Manning and a noodle arm. You can win a Super Bowl with the Broncos, but you can't do that consistently. And the point here is to have Justin Fields quarterback this team for 10 to 15 years. And this team, if, if he's as good as we all hope he can be, this team constantly in the mix of winning 10, 11, 12 games. And you get your place at the table every year in the playoffs. And then you see what happens. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, you had Matt Stafford as a tier two guy and he didn't win anything of substance in Detroit. And I agree with you. I think Stafford's awesome. So it isn't to say that you get a very good to great quarterback and it guarantees that you will win, but it's the inverse. It's that if you don't have a very good to great quarterback, you can't win consistently. Like they can have a great quarterback and screw it up all around them. That is absolutely within the Bears' purview. But that is – it's like putting the cart before the horse, right? Like that, You have to figure out the first thing first and then go from there. Like Washington is trying, Denver is trying to build a really good roster 2 through 53 and then insert the quarterback, right? Try to attract Aaron Rodgers when he leaves Green Bay or try to attract uh, Deshaun Watson if he ever gets to play football again. And good on them. Like, we'll, we'll see if it works. But if they don't land the quarterback and they consistently are the bridesmaid instead of the bride in, like, the QB carousel, you know, all of a sudden you're like, oh, man, we're, we're signing Phillip Rivers for a year. We're, you know, now we have Carson Wentz. Like, the Colts have a good roster. They got a great coach. They got a great general manager. And they've done incredible things given what happened to them with Andrew Luck. But if they don't find that next dude, it's going to be real tough for them to win anything of substance. And so that's where the Bears are. The Bears now have to begin finding out if Justin Fields is that guy. And I'm curious for you. Like, they didn't put Andy Dalton on IR, right? So that means they think it can be three games or less that he's out. So in theory, he could be back next week for Detroit. And again, Matt Nagy, words only go so far in the NFL, but he said, when healthy, Andy Dalton's our starter. So I want to know, 
What do you think it takes for Justin Fields to hold on to this job when Andy Dalton is back from an injury that they are telling you by their actions is not that significant, is not that severe? Yeah, I, I think Justin Fields has to, has to show competency. He does not have to light up the sky, I, I don't think. I think Matt Nagy has enough of a, a brain here to realize that if the drop-off to Justin Fields, if, you know, like I, like I said, unfortunately, if the goal here is to win as many games this year as possible, instead of lining up for 2022 and 2023, which you know they should be doing, but they're not. If the goal is to win as many games as possible, so if you're, you're Matt Nagy, as long as you don't think the offense has a drop-off with Justin Fields, a significant drop-off, maybe it's slight in your eyes. I don't think, I mean, look, the, you know, Justin Fields, just the, the depth of target jumping from Andy, Field, Andy Dalton's four to Justin Fields' 10 was, 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 was music to my ears in, in one week. So to me, there's just going to be a level of competency that, yes, we know mistakes are going to happen, but that he doesn't, you know, that we don't see a exact 220, 220 yards, Bill, 200, let's quantify it. 220 yards passing, 40 yards rushing, two touchdowns, two interceptions. They lose by 10. Andy Dalton's healthy for the Lions game. Who starts? Justin Fields gets another hack at. Absolutely. I, I agree I, with you. Now, if, yeah, if Justin Fields 110 yards, four interceptions, Justin Fields is going back to the bench if Andy Dalton can play. Correct. But I, do you do – you, are you answering what you would do or are you answering what you think Matt Nagy would do? No, I'm trying to answer what I think Matt Nagy would do. I would be growing with Justin Fields from week one because I want, right. okay, I want so this team in 2022 too. and 2023 to be ready to compete. Yeah, okay. So, we, so you and I are aligned. Um, I'm not sure that what I just said is enough for Matt Nagy. Well, I hope you're um, wrong. <laughs> I, ho- I hope I'm wrong, too. I hope I'm wrong, too. Um, obviously, if they win, he continues to start. Obviously, if he balls out, you know, 300-plus yards, 50 rushing yards, no turnovers, win or lose, like, he, he continues on. So, I, cause I, I, I think Matt Nagy is doing what he needs to do in terms of, you know, protecting Andy Dalton and not handing Justin Fields the job before he's quote unquote earned it. Right. He's not going to come out and say Justin Fields is our start of the rest of the season because of a bone bruise for Andy Dalton. That could be a one to two to three week injury. He's not going to do that, but he obviously could say, we want to see more of Justin. Uh, We thought there was enough to grow on there. He's ahead of where we thought he was. He's going to get another crack, but my buddy Nick Wright was saying, like, just do it like Bill Belichick. Just saying, Andy's hurt. Justin's our starter. Nick is the backup. We're taking it week to week. We're focused on Cleveland. You know, he could, he could do it like that, but there is just going to always be this question of what it, what's it going to take for him to play. And I just can't imagine benching Justin Fields for a home game against the Lions. You know, it just strikes me as so ridiculous, the idea that, like, maybe Andy Dalton could be trotted out there uh, a week from Sunday and Justin Fields has to go back to the bench because Jadavion Clowney and Miles Garrett destroyed Jermaine Effetti and <laughs> Jason Peters. You know, it just, it just seems so laughable. But because of how the Bears have handled this thing, I think we have to at least be open to the possibility that it exists. Yeah, it, it, I guess it gets you do have to say it exists. And, and I agree. The way Nagy's handled this through the media, 
is really bizarre. And and for you know Brad Biggs to throw a massive curveball at Matt Nagy in the press conference and go, if Andy yeah. Dalton's healthy, who's the starter? Nagy was flustered. He, he was to the point that the PR had to come back out and, and make a statement that Andy Dalton is when healthy is the quarterback. I agree with you. Just say Andy's hurt. Justin's their starter. And when Brad Biggs or whoever says when Andy's healthy, what's the situation going to be? Andy's not healthy. Justin's our starter. We're not looking past that. And then just move on and don't give him a soundbite and don't certainly get flustered. That was that was not handled well. But, you know, we, we've been doing kind of the, the big picture here. I want to get just a couple quick things before I let you go. One fields on the field against Cleveland. That's rookie quarterback debuting, starting on the road. That's a tricky spot against a very good team. What do you want to see out of Justin Fields? I'm not talking about statistics. You know, we want 350 yards and three touchdowns. I get that. But what do you want to see? What elements of his game where you go, that's, you know, where you point to and go, this guy has it. What, what do you want to see him do on the field against Cleveland that is going to be positive in your mind? Number one, protect himself. Like, don't take some of the shots that Zach Wilson is taking. You know, don't take that shot that he took in the preseason. Call out the blitz even through the crowd noise and on the road and all that, like if he's going to get sacked and he's going to be turtling and protecting yourself before the hit gets there, because you see miles Garrett, you see Clowney, you know, like, so number one, protect yourself. And that will show that the game isn't too fast for him, that he's not being completely overwhelmed by out there by stunts and disguised coverages and blitz pickup and the whole thing. So number one to me is obvious. And that is protect himself. And then number two is, can he show an ability, and you mentioned the average depth of target, to unlock chunk plays? Like, that's the NFL. That's how you win. That's how you score 30-plus a game. That's how you, in theory. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That's how you, in theory, compete with the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. That's how you, in theory, compete with – Tom Brady and the Bucs. And I'm not saying that this Bears team is competing with them, but whoever the contenders are going to be, you know, the Rams, everyone was talking about the Bears offense and how tough it was to watch as well, the checkdowns. And it was tough to watch. Brad Biggs had the stat. It was a great one. If you remove the four kneel downs from Matt Stafford, uh, it was eight and a half yards per play. Eight and a half yards per play for the Rams against the Bears. It's the worst Bears defensive performance in 20 years. So they did it because they never needed to run. It's every time they threw it, they would get, throw the ball. They were getting 15 yards. So can Justin Fields show an ability through the air to Mooney and Robinson or through his feet to flip the field in one play? Because to me, that's the explosiveness that you need out of the position. And so, you know, every, there's, there's a hundred other things, right? You want him to be efficient. You want him to protect himself and know when to slide. You want him to throw the ball away correctly. You want him to take his check downs when it's there. You want him to not drift too much uh, in the pocket and, like, feel a phantom pass rush when it isn't really there. There's, there's a, a bunch of things. But the, the two things, one, protect himself, two, show – what was the thing in the scouting report was that the guy loves the deep ball, throws a great deep ball, that he has a natural ability 
touchdown to check down mentality. You know, the, the, he is looking to rip your heart out from the own, their own 25. And it's not going to have to be 15 play drives matriculating down the field. All right. I, I'm, I'm with that. Now, before I let you go, just want to get one non fields question in there. Um, and that's, sure. that's the defense humiliated against the Rams. Nichols certainly looks like a problem in, in both their games. Safety play was up and down. Vildor is, is eh, maybe better than he expected, but certainly not, you know, uh, going to, you know, and no one's going to think he's Deion Sanders over there. So this defense for you, do you think more likely it's closer to what we saw against the Bengals bad offensive line or more likely what we saw against the Rams where they just, you know, can't, can't keep up with these track teams. I think at the end of the season, it's going to be a mediocre unit. Uh, I think they, they play a lot of good teams and the league is so catered towards offense and inevitably there will be, you know, an injury or two, obviously, you know, they Mario Edwards suspended Eddie Goldman has been out. So they do get some reinforcements back. Uh, but I think that like, if your weakness is depth at corner, uh, that just gets exposed in the NFL. Um, it just, you know, it just gets picked apart because the quarterback play and the rules like we've been talking about are so bent towards offense. I do think though that Jalen Johnson, who I loved and I said on the show leading into the second round and like, to me, that looks like it could be a great pick at a premium position. And Ryan Pace has had some great picks, uh, but they have not really been at premium positions when you That's talk fair. about qu- quarterback, pass rush, corner, right? If those are the three top positions on the field, like he, na- he, he nails the interior defensive lineman. He nails inside linebacker. He nails safety in the fourth round. But like if the top three positions are corner, pass rush, quarterback, obviously not in that order, um, he's not very successful. And if he nailed Jalen Johnson, number one corner, in the in the second round, that is going to go down as one of the best picks of his entire tenure, and he looks awesome so far. So he, he that's the bright does. spot for me. Absolutely. All right. So there he is, Danny Parkins at Danny Parkins on Twitter. Danny, thanks so much for jumping on. Thanks for so much time. Really enjoyed the conversation. Bill, anytime, man. You're the best. Thank you. There he is, Danny Parkins from the Score. Always a great conversation with Danny. Never short of an opinion, and that's, that's why I like Danny. And, and not just opinions. Look, anyone can be a hot take machine, but I think Danny really thinks out his process before he, he delivers an opinion. And I know a lot of Bears fans were ticked off that he said he was basically hoping the Bears will lose. And look, I've said that in the past, too, that, you know, when the Bears are bad and they're sitting at, you know, five and nine with two games to go, that I hope they lose because I want the better draft position and everything. But when you sit down and watch the game... I've never been able to actually sit there with the Bears on the 15-yard line on a, on a second and, and seven, you know, you know and, and a fade to the corner of the end zone to Allen Robinson and hope Allen Robinson doesn't catch it. Like, I, I cannot cheer against the Bears. I may, you know, big picture, if they lose the game afterwards, go like, well, that's better for them. But in the heat of the moment, I've never been able to cheer against the Bears. So 
I can't, you know, exactly subscribe to that while, you know, I can appreciate losses if they're necessary for draft position or whatever it might be. I can never actually cheer against the team. It's just not in my DNA. But I do understand what Danny was saying. If you think there's a chance Justin Fields is going to play the or not play the whole season, if Andy Dalton can go nine and eight or eight and nine and maybe squeak into the playoffs, maybe just miss the playoffs, then, yeah, I understand exactly where, where he was coming from. But really good conversation there. And look, bottom line is embrace what we have right now, and that is Justin Fields is starting. Justin Fields' era has begun. I don't think Andy Dalton's coming back in if Fields stays healthy the rest of the year. I think, you know, as I said with Danny, level of competency, Danny said 220 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. That absolutely gets a start against Detroit. Absolutely gets a start against Detroit. That's more yards than Dalton threw against the Rams. You know, it's more touchdowns than Dalton's thrown in any of the games. So, yes, are the interceptions there? Sure, rookie mistakes. But I think that gets him absolutely 100% on the field. And I don't think Fields is going to be playing for his job every week. I do think there might be an element of that, that he's kind of, you know, trying out, as odd as that sounds, for the first two or three weeks to see if they need to go back to Dalton. But as long as it's not Zach Wilson against the Patriots for interceptions— I think we will be absolutely seeing Justin Fields quarterbacking this team week in and week out the rest of the way. So I'm excited to see what Fields is going to do. Going to be really difficult against Cleveland to do that. But let's see what he can do. I'm I'm excited. I don't think the Bears are going to win this game. I don't have high expectations. I don't think Fields is going to come out and throw for 300-plus yards, three touchdowns, no picks. I think Fields is going to have rookie moments this week. But I'm okay with rookie moments because rookie moments are learning experiences, and that's what Justin Fields needs to do. He needs to grow. He needs to develop. And that's what the Bears need for 2022, 2023, and 2024 is an elite quarterback on a rookie contract. So let's see if we can get Fields there and get some excitement breathing into this organization, which desperately needs it. And Justin Fields is that guy. So I think the Bears are going to lose. I think we're looking at something around, I'm going to say 31 to 21, something like that, 31 to 24. Bears are going to lose by a touchdown or more. But I do think we're going to see some excitement from Justin Fields, and that's going to breathe some life into this fan base. So that's going to do it for Bears Banter. We will talk to you next week after Justin Fields' first start in the NFL. Bear down, everybody. Adios. Adios.